0: Again, this applies to motherhood in business is like, this is a journey too. It's not like we, it, it, when you're starting to have that mindset of like, okay, I need to hit this goal. I need to look forward to this. I need this revenue. I can't wait till my kids are this age. It's like, you're not enjoying the here and the now, and you're not enjoying your life. You're not enjoying your business. You're not enjoying motherhood. And so really, and this takes constant check-in too. Okay. Like if you can enjoy the process of your business. The building, the creating the content, the getting on the podcast, the meeting with your clients, if you can enjoy that part, like the revenue goal is going to take care of itself.
1: Welcome to the Not Just a Mom show where we have open and honest conversations about the vulnerabilities and the victories within entrepreneurship and new motherhood. If we haven't met yet, I'm Nicole Pazvir, and I'm going to be your host. Here on the show, we don't subscribe to perfection. In fact, being present is the new perfect, and showing up messy is the new norm. We are worthy, just as we are, as all that we are, not just the label we put on ourselves. We are more than just a mom, and I'm so glad you're here. This week, I'm joined by Lizzie from Fierce Lizzie on Instagram. Um, this is a conversation that I have been looking forward to because Lizzie has been one of those people in my online community that um, I guess has been a massive source of inspiration, but also has just normalized a lot of things for me, not just in regards to like birth and mothering, but also how she runs her business. And so this conversation is awesome as I knew it would be because we touch on so many things. Um, We both just so easily relate and see the parallels between birth and motherhood and business. And um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's good because we are literally reflecting on in real time about some of the processes and strategies, for lack of a better word, that we are implementing in our own parenting and business journey. And so we touch on a little bit of cycle syncing. Lizzie shares some of her time-blocking experience and what she's currently doing now um, as the homeschool season has started, and she now has a second homeschooler in her family. Um, we also talk about some of the reflections that we're making in our current online offers. And it's just like a lot of the behind the scenes stuff that you don't really see in the entrepreneurial world. We also talk about mom guilt and perfectionism and redefining success and uh, masculine and feminine energy in the business world and just all the things. I'm so excited for this recording I feel like we've been talking about doing this for I want to say like a couple months now and then there's just been hiccups that have come up or laptops that have needed to be fixed or shifts in our own like menstrual cycle and we're trying to sort of cycle sync our life and it's not working (laughs) and here we are we're both in our late luteal phase and we're still here recording um so yeah, anyways, I'm super excited to have you on the show. Do you want to give a super quick introduction for people that don't know you? Although I feel like most of my followers probably do know you.
0: Of course, Um, I'm super happy to be here. I, I want to make a, me- a note on this real quick, though. It's so funny because when we rescheduled, you were like, oh, I don't know, that feels so far away. And like, here we are already. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's crazy how fast time flies by. That's
1: summer for you, right? Like that's yes. summer in a nutshell. Totally.
0: So Anyway, super excited that the day is finally here and we get to chat, we're having our coffee together. Um, if you don't know me, I'm Lizzie, uh, aka Fierce Lizzie. Uh, you put in your, like the form I filled out for you, it's like name that you want to be introduced by. I'm like, what do I say? <laughs> do I, nobody knows my last name. Do I say Lizzie Bolliger or do I just say Fierce Lizzie? Um, so that's me and I am primarily a birth educator and a doula. That's the the front you get from me. If you find me online and I'm also a homeschool mom of three and a business, you know, I'm a business nerd and I'm a birth nerd, uh, very much into all things, natural living and holistic. Uh, my, I have, I have a podcast as well and it's called unapologetically unmedicated. And I ended up going with that name because it just, you know, I talk about unmedicated birth all the time, but really. It's like a big value of mine, right? Is that like natural living? And so I just thought that was fitting. And then, you know, being unapologetic about it. I'm pretty loud by nature and I'm, and and my name is Fierce Lizzie, but I wouldn't say that I'm necessarily fierce on my own. But anyways, that's my persona and me in a nutshell.
1: I love it. As you were speaking that out loud, I was just thinking, so in um, my current Book study group reclaim, one of the questions I asked in our first call was, who are you to the world? And then who are you really? And as I was hearing your kind of introduction, I heard pieces of both of those answers, right? It's really easy to quickly just say, okay, well, I'm I'm a mom, I'm a wife, I'm a birth nerd, I'm a business nerd, but then who are you really? And so the who are you really piece is what maybe you want to exact do you do you want to explain more of that? Who are you really? Who are you past the who we know um on like your Instagram account. That's or like do we do we see the full question? <laughs> it's well, one, of, it's one of those questions. But if but if I would have asked you ahead of time, then it wouldn't be like a mm-hmm. truly authentic answer because you would have yeah. been able to like curate it and dilute it a little bit. So yeah, I'm I'm gonna put you on the spot. I think you can handle it. <laughs> yeah, like when I think about like why I do the
0: work that I do. I am not na- so naturally a helper. Do you hear my dog? I'm going to, I'm going to open the door so he can come in. Uh, my husband just took the kids to Costco. So the dog's mad that he doesn't get to go.
1: To of Costco. course. Yeah. That's oh. exactly how it goes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Anyways. I'm so naturally like a helper and an educator for whatever reason. Like, I don't know. I went into teaching initially and I just feel like that, that is who I am and that's what I love doing. And I mean, of course I have my own personal experiences around birth that it's like, this is why this is so important for me to teach about this. Um, But yeah, I just love, I just love connecting with moms and it can feel so isolating. So it feels good for me, you know, and I know it feels good for my moms too, to connect with them and, and really. Of course, first and foremost, it's like, okay, I'm a mom. Um, and that's really important to me too. Following my intuition, being motherly. And it, some of it comes naturally. And some of it has come from being a mom for 10 years and finding my footing. And so I just love connecting with other women and, and
1: talking about that and connecting on that. I resonate with all of that so much. Like the helper piece is like one aspect, especially... Like you, you have your teaching background, I have my nursing background, Um, Mm -hmm. but the connection piece is really the part that I think allowed me to actually start like blossoming in my own like interests and my own passions and i've noticed like within myself and you can probably relate to this and maybe you want to expand on it after is just noticing where my passions have been evolving and shifting so like it it definitely for me i was definitely very focused on birth when i was in that season of my life after the birth of my daughter and i mean during my own preparation and then after having a home birth and basically wanting to tell the whole world about it um mm-hmm. and then challenges or or not successes as well with like breastfeeding and like our co-sleeping journey. And yeah, I've just noticed myself be very confident, I guess, in vocalizing my experiences because of that connection piece and the loneliness that I've experienced on the opposite end and not wanting other moms to experience that same loneliness. And then if we fast forward a little bit to like more present day right now, I'm noticing the same things within business. Like as I'm growing my own business, I'm noticing the same like moments and periods of isolation. And like, am I the only crazy one doing this while I have a two-year-old? Am Mm -hmm. I like the only one that thinks like some of these strategies are way too like harsh and icky and masculine? Like there's gotta be a better way. And you and I have talked about this off-air about how we really are the first generation to be kind of paving the way as a stay-at-home mom and an online business owner. Um, So yeah, I guess all this just to say like how passions and stuff evolve and shift, but Mm -hmm. that connection piece, that teaching piece, that helper piece stays at the core. So I loved your answer.
0: (laughs) I like that too. Um, I also feel like this is such an entrepreneur thing to be like, oh, this idea and this idea and this idea. And like, I I do the same thing. It's like, okay, well, like I went into the birth work world, right? And I'm educating on birth work, but then it's now we do homeschooling and I want to share that with everyone and be like, look, you can homeschool and you can work and homeschooling is really awesome because this, 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 and that. And then also it's like, wow, running a business is crazy as a mom. And here's what that looks like. And I can't like not share about all of those things, which goes against everything that like, They tell you when you have an online business, they're like, talk about one thing, niche down. And I just think that's a big lie too. I think the people that come to me and trust me are into all of those things. Like my favorite thing is when I get a new client that it's their first baby, whether this is they're in my birth course or, or in person, this is specifically that my newest in-person client was talking about this that has never had a baby before first baby. And they're like, we really we want to homeschool. And it's just like amazing that they're already like homeschooling was definitely not on my radar when I was pregnant. So I just think it's really, I mean, I'm not like I'm like tooting my own horn, but it's really important to be sharing these things so that moms before they have babies or while they're pregnant are seeing like the trajectory of like, oh, and thinking ahead. Um, I I was even thinking of you and how you had a home birth with your first baby. And thinking of me with my first baby, and I did not have a home birth. And even with my second, and I blame that because I was 10, 11 years ago that I was pregnant. Like there was no birth corner of Instagram 10 years ago. (laughs) People were just sharing photos of their food. (laughs) You know, that's all it was. And so I feel like, man, that's not fair. Like I, I missed all of that. And I was reflecting on this before our call. I definitely dipped my toes somewhere because I knew I wanted an unmedicated birth and I knew about baby wearing and I knew enough about breastfeeding to like, not buy formula. Like I was like, oh, my body is made to breastfeed. So there was like a lot of trust there, but there was no like education. I was not informed. I didn't really know anything. And I think that it, you know, the information is just so much more readily available. Even just 10 years later, it's wild. Uh, And then with my second though, I went in cocky and I was like, oh, I already did all of this. And I still didn't have a home birth. So, and I've never had a home birth, but um, I just think how different it maybe would have been if my first birth was that informed, really empowered home birth or birth center, or even the hospital birth where I was informed and I knew my stuff, how that could have changed like down the line 10 years ago, 10 years later, you know, but
1: it is so cool to reflect back on all that stuff. And I want to stop you for a second and toot your horn because your, toot, your horn deserves to be tooted in the sense of how authentic you do show up on Instagram and how you don't, um, at least from my, from my perspective, like you're not hiding those parts of yourself. You show us when you're homeschooling. You show us when you're making pancakes on a Tuesday morning. You show us when... Um, you're trying to cycle sync your life and it's not working and you're like banging your head against the wall because you're trying to control something that really we can't control. Um, And like you just bring us through it all and that's been a huge source of inspiration for me, especially in growing my own account and you are one account I look to where it's like, okay, Lizzie can show it all. Like she hasn't, yes, your course has niched down, but your page hasn't. And um I think that is just a really good model to have because like you said in the online business industry like that is a big no-no the first thing you're taught is like okay well outline your like ideal customer avatar and like niche down and make sure that you're not your niche isn't too broad but your niche isn't too narrow and then there's like the purple duck and the purple cow and like I don't like how about you just be yourself (laughs) like it can actually be that easy and once you give yourself um kind of that permission slip and like remove the pressure of having to have this perfect niche down um, strategy, it becomes so much more fun. Like it becomes so much more fun to show up online and just like share whatever's going on. So anyways, I appreciate that from your account. In regards to the comments about Instagram 10 years ago compared to now, that is such a good point. And as you were sharing that, I was kind of asking myself, like, what was it that actually gave me Mm -hmm. confidence doesn't feel like the right word but what was it that kind of pushed me over the edge to actually commit to planning a home birth and definitely the the natural birth corner on Instagram helped that really normalized things for me and really it's normalized a lot of things for me like breastfeeding co-sleeping um learning about my cycle um all of those things so that's super cool and homeschooling like all of those things it's really helped just make those things feel more accessible um, instead of just relying on who's in your inner circle. Because if I did that, my inner circle is like basically through the roof in the statistic of like 10 out of 10 C sections and wow. like formula feeding. It's like I knew I didn't want to go there. So I guess that sort of starts to answer the question of how did I end up committing to planning for a home birth is I knew I didn't want to be one of those statistics. Mm-hmm. I knew my body was capable of more. I knew birth, if everything goes to plan, can be a natural like unmedicated uninterrupted event um but I'm not lying like i i I'd be lying if I said that there wasn't a lot of hesitation, and um, it's really easy to just get pulled into kind of the mainstream wave with something that you've never done before because that self doubt and that um, just like, well, can I really do it? Like those thoughts are really, really big, and the the comfort of being in the the mainstream wave and that conveyor belt that birth kind of puts you on is a lot more comfortable. It really is. Um, but really, the thing that I think pushed me over the edge was the fact that it was during COVID, and there was just so much. Chaos in terms of hospital policy and just all the rules and all the things that were changing every day. And I knew we, so I, I was my my due date was middle of October, and I knew we were heading into another wave, whatever that means. Like it literally feels silly to talk about now, right? But we were heading into another wave. So we had just gone through this summer where things have kind of like leveled out again, and then we were heading into another wave because it was cold and flu season, really. Um, and I, I just had this like suspicion that the policies that they had the year prior would come back. And that was one support person in the hospital. I had mm-hmm. a hired doula. I didn't want to have to pick between my doula and my husband because I for sure would pick my doula. And it <laughs> didn't feel right to not have my husband at his daughter's birth. Right. Um, so I think that was really the biggest thing. That was the cherry on top for me to commit to just staying home. And then once I made that decision, it was again, almost like this like pressure lifted off. Cause it's like, okay, I've decided this. Now I just need to like prepare for it. And it became so much easier because it just like required me to have self-trust and like really lean into what my body was capable of. And by then I was really just a sponge to natural birth and like physiologic Mm -hmm. birth and how birth works and all the hormones and all of that. And the more I learned, the more confident I became. And we know that knowledge is power, right? So- Yeah, it is cool to look back on. And like you pointed out, had this been 10 years ago, I I feel like things would have been super different, super, super different.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. So it's like, it's, you saw this path less traveled and there was something, you know, all that COVID crap kind of forced you into like, thank goodness, like what a great outcome from COVID. Um, Thank you, COVID. yeah, Yeah, thank you. But seeing that path, was what it was. So I think that was the difference between me. I didn't see that path at all. So that's, that's just great to hear. And that's really motivating for like me to keep talking about the path. You know, it's so funny because we, me, especially like we are in this little birth bubble and I forget that like our bubble is just a drop in the cup <laughs> and everywhere else everyone else that's not in the bubble is, like you said, so mainstream and so dead set on and it that's why it's so hard to take that road less traveled because every outside influence that's outside of that little drop is telling you you're nuts, telling you you're crazy, telling you it's not safe. and, um, yeah, once you did all that research, you realized, oh wait, that's not
1: that's not true, um, yeah this conversation could literally be copy and pasted to like so many other things, right? Like yes. vaccines, homeschooling, sourdough sure. bread, like it can literally be, it, and it's all the same, right? And and like you said, we have kind of immersed ourselves in these communities online where it does feel normal. And I think for me, having that community does help with my confidence because it makes me feel well, there's that connection piece that we started talking about. It makes me feel connected. Um, But it also just makes me feel like I'm not standing out, even though like you also pointed out, our teeny tiny bubble is just a drop in kind of the grand scheme of things. So the bubble as a whole is still standing out. We are the minority. Um, But yeah, I guess being in the minority is a little bit more comfortable because I think we've both cultivated this community online that is very like-minded and um, like hearted and has similar values and similar attention intentions. and um, I think I think if I were to give like even one piece of advice for like a new mom or a pregnant mom is to cultivate that community for yourself. Like we all know you need the village. We all know we don't have that village, but I think it becomes kind of your radical responsibility to, to actually make that village for yourself and handpick who you want in it. And that can be virtual if it has to be. Yep.
0: Yep. Just like you were saying, the the people in your inner circle looking at reflecting on their experiences and saying, that's not what I want. Like it is our responsibility to handpick. You know, they say that you're like the five people that you're surrounded by yeah. the most, you know? And so, yeah, we ha- we almost have to create that virtually because it's not really doable in this, in the
1: typical, you know, day and age communities that we live in, you know? Yeah, totally. And again, like, I think I've sort of done the same thing with business. Like, I've really put a guard up in the sense of, like, if your business strategy feels icky or, like, inauthentic or out of integrity for me, I probably don't want you in my circle. I don't want um, to be absorbing the things you're doing because I know – I know I'm constantly learning from people. I know I'm always looking at things with like a very like business and strategic lens of like, oh, how's she doing this? Oh, I'm I'm watching you launch, right? Like I'm always looking at things like that. And so I've had to be very careful who I follow even from like a business standpoint, not just a mothering and parenting standpoint. I couldn't agree
0: with that more. I feel like how many, I couldn't tell you how many times I've listened to a business podcast. Like pretty much I that's my primary I love podcasts, is business. like I love the strategy. I love learning about businesses. Sometimes I'll put some birth in there, but right now I'm like super nerding out on business. And I can't tell you how many times I've listened to a podcast and just rolled my eyes like, okay, that's not happening in my life right now. And that would never be doable for a mom or anyone who has kids or anyone that homeschools and... Um, there's just, there's not a lot of people in the business space talking about how to do business in line with motherhood and prioritizing both, you know? Um, so yeah, that is really hard too. Cause it's so easy to like get sucked in to like, oh, I just have to do more in my business. I just have to show up more. I just have to have more offers. I just have to do more marketing. I just need more ads to be, I just need to niche down. I just need to niche down. yeah. And it's just like, what is successful? Like, do you want to be running a business where you have a team of 10 that you're having to pay a salary to? And now your kids have to be um, in daycare because you have no, like, that's absolutely not why I started a business. You know, I started a business so I could homeschool. Like the whole reason I work for myself is so that I can be there for my kids. So why would I follow the business advice of someone that's going to take my business and turn it into something that now I can't manage homeschooling? you know? It's like, wait, why did we what was the goal? You know? Like, what does success look like? Um, so that is con- like constantly having to like reevaluate and like rewind and go back to that, because it is so easy to get sucked into the business world.
1: I think too, like being able to roll your eyes as you listen to some person's advice or strategy is really cool because that means you've you've reached a certain level of confidence in your own truth when it comes to, again, this doesn't even have to be business. This is literally transferable to everything. If you can roll your eyes and be like, no, I that doesn't feel right to me. Um, I think that is just, Really validating in the sense that you are firmly grounded in what you know to be true and you feel safe to disagree with that person, and that's really, really cool.
0: <laughs> that is really cool. I never thought of it that way, so I'll take that.
1: Yeah, no, that's
0: like a huge win, like, and, and like yeah. I said, that's transferable
1: <laughs> to everything else, too, right? Like, if we can sit there and, and watch someone else's parenting, um. Mm-hmm. Method and be like, "Mm, no, that doesn't feel right to me. Like that, that means we are, like I said, firmly grounded in our own truth. And it takes a little while to get there. And I think, again, just reflecting on my early motherhood days, and I feel like I'm still in them, right? I'm only two years postpartum. So I'm still in them. But reflecting even a year ago, and same with my business, where I was just this like desperate sponge for the shortcut and like the. The strategy that was going to take me to where I thought I wanted to go, not realizing that that was someone else's like roadmap, and my roadmap needed to be different. And it it, it takes it takes a little bit of time, and it takes a certain level of self trust in your own beliefs and your own intuition, and being really crystal clear on your values and, like you said, your definition of success. And often we need to redefine success because it can be really easy to just follow like society's definition of success. And um, yeah, we could go there next. (laughs) Um, But yeah, getting crystal clear and all that really helps to almost use it as a compass for the direction you're going. And this is really how you start living in alignment. Like Mm -hmm. that's it. That's literally all you have to do is continue checking in with yourself and checking in with how does this feel? does this align with my values? Is this actually propelling me forward in the direction I want to go? And if the answer is no, then probably reevaluate what you're about to do.
0: And also, I mean, again, this applies to motherhood and business is like, this is a journey too. It's not like when you're starting to have that mindset of like, okay, I need to hit this goal. I need to look forward to this. I need this revenue. I can't wait till my kids are this age. It's like, you're not enjoying the here and the now, and you're not enjoying your life. You're not enjoying your business. You're not enjoying motherhood. And so really, and this takes constant check-in too. Okay. Like if you can enjoy the process of your business, the building, the creating the content, the getting on the podcast, the meeting with your clients, if you can enjoy that part, like the revenue goal is going to take care of itself. Like it's just going to happen and you're going to enjoy what your life looks like right now instead of constantly chasing, like you said, probably someone else's goal
1: for a six-figure business or whatever the new term is. <laughs> yeah, the the buzzword for success, basically. Mm-hmm. No, I love that distinction. And I think um, I sound like a broken record to the women inside Recalibrate right now, but I keep I keep reminding them, connection over performance connection mm-hmm. over performance and I think if we can really lean into that in our content strategy and our offer creation um, and our selling techniques like it 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 leaves room for fun it leaves room for play it leaves room for enjoyment and presence and, if you're constantly focused on how you're performing and how you're being perceived from the outside world and having to show up a certain way, that's it's just not, it's one, it's not going to be fun. Two, you're likely going to burn out. Three, you're probably not going to see the income you're looking for because energetically yep. there's probably. Mm-hmm a lot of desperation and scarcity and just not the right place to be in and i mean the list could go on it's just not where you want to be and that goes so far from at least kind of how i was i don't want to say raised because i feel like that insinuates it's my parents but i feel like just the the culture that i grew up in i was very much praised for my achievements i was very much praised for the A's and A pluses I got in school, I was very much praised for my performance. So it's really, really hard to kind of push that to the side and pour all my energy and attention into connection.
0: Yeah, Yeah, uh, I can say amen to that. That was me too. I can remember in like middle school, I got a B in some class and it was the end of the world. And my mother was like, So I know it's not, it was not from my parents because my mom had to like, everything's fine. Like, did I tell you, you had to get an A, like nobody said anything like this is not the end of the world. And, but I mean, yeah, even to this day, I'm still like such the academic and the A plus plus and let me research and let me make the best product. And yeah, that is some conditioning that is hard to undo. And then me now homeschooling. Oh my gosh, Nicole. I went from being in school for what 12 years of public school, 5 years of undergrad, 2 years of graduate school, 5 years of teaching in a public school, and now I'm like teaching my kid and I'm like I am so um qualified for this. Like I have all this teaching experience, I have all this learning experience. But then here comes that A-plus mentality. I'm like, no, we can't do that to my daughter. Like, it's so hard. It's so hard. And she's definitely not the A-plus motivated just to learn for the sake of learning. Like, it has to be interesting. It has to be fun. It has to be hands-on for her. And so she is teaching me so much (laughs) about that. And it's, yeah, it's, it's crazy how in my brain that a plus good girl mentality is it's wild
1: it's um yeah it's interesting that you pointed out how you do have all of that teaching background and just being in a structured Mm -hmm. school system um how that would shape your homeschooling experience in contrast to a mom like I feel like I hear moms all the time say oh well I'm I'm not qualified like there's no way I could teach my kids like that's what teachers are for and I mean okay like I can appreciate that and maybe there's some truth to it but I also feel like just hearing your experience on the other side of it like there's there's maybe also some drawbacks to coming out of being that teacher in a public school system now having to almost like unlearn all of that like I don't I don't even know because I'm not in my homeschooling era yet but I, I imagine like the way you teach let's just say math in your kitchen is very different than the way you would have taught math in a classroom and even the the way you're grading and the way you're giving homework and assignments like I imagine it's just much more focused on play and creativity and learning from like actual like tangible things in the real world not a chalkboard at the front of the classroom.
0: Right. Yeah, there's actually a term for it. You said unlearning and they they actually call it like unschooling or deschooling. Unschooling, yeah. So when, when families transition to maybe doing public school to doing homeschooling, it's really common advice to have them like take that, take that year and not do school.
1: Oh, and just do like, okay,
0: just do, Oh, this is interesting to you. Let's watch a documentary. Let's read a book um, to kind of rewire some of that. But I will say it is a lot easier to do that style of like unschooling where it's not textbook based. That's, I guess, the best way to describe it. Once they get a little older, because like they do need to know how to write a five paragraph or a five sentence paragraph. How do you unschool that? <laughs> you know, like it just, yeah. gets a little, you have to get a lot more creative. So that's where yeah. we are with homeschooling because she's 10, she's 10 now. So like, I have to actually teach her some, <laughs> some skills that are a little harder to Do in the wild, I
1: guess. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a good way to put it. It's interesting. Mm -hmm. I'm excited for like I I do have full intentions of likely homeschooling Aubrey at least for the first couple of years. I -hmm. think as she gets older, depending on I don't know, I think it's kind of like child dependent too. Like I've also heard that from other moms where just the the teacher student relationship isn't working well with mm-hmm. mom and daughter. And so I want to be really open to, I guess, that challenge if it pops up. And I don't know what the solution would be. I also, uh, my mom literally lives five minutes away from us and she is home all day. So I, I can see her being really involved in, in teaching. And I'm really excited to have that grandmother figure to just, my mom's much more like artsy fartsy and creative than me. I'm much more like analytical and logical. So mm-hmm. I feel like the parts of of school that weren't fun for me and I likely wouldn't have fun teaching for lack of a better word, I feel like my mom could lean in and help. So I'm really excited to have that support in place. I think it will be just a really cool dynamic for all of us. So we'll see.
0: Yeah, I like that too. I think that's a great solution to, to like you said, when when mom and daughter kind of start to have some friction there in the homeschool learning because we definitely have that too. It is a lot harder to teach your own kid than someone else's kid. Um, so yeah, that that resource is is great. And we've kind, of, I've kind of come up against that this year too. Like, okay, how can we alleviate some of that friction? And so, like, some other solutions without sending her to public school because here in California, that's not an option for us um we've had a medical exemption before but now it's almost impossible to get one uh so we weren't that's that's not an option but like doing outside classes like we have a great homeschool community here there's like a homeschool uh I don't know what you would call it it's a, a business that does homeschool classes that you can sign up for and like tutoring and so we're doing a lot more of that this year to alleviate that's some so of- cool
1: and I think again like I don't want to say thank you COVID, but again, thank you COVID, because I think it really did change just the trajectory on the accessibility of homeschooling. I know like in my area, and again, this might just be the bubble that I've put myself in, but it it seems way less taboo. And it also seems like there's just way more supports in place. So again, coming from a mom who doesn't have a teaching background, it feels a a lot less daunting and a lot less scary because there are those resources and communities and like, pods, I think they're called like it. Yeah. It just seems easier than it would have been 10 years ago. Plus all the homeschooling accounts you can now follow on Instagram for like tips and tricks and ideas, right? You you didn't have that 10 years ago. So again, it it very closely mimics our conversation around birth, which is really cool. Mm
0: -hmm. And another thing that we were talking about with our businesses and is that connection, right? And really that's all like that can be the leader of your homeschool. It can be that connection and connecting with your children. I mean, what do you remember from elementary school?
1: High school. Not learning. It was, yeah, it Not was like con- it's connection. It was being creative. It was um yeah, it was connection, connection over performance.
0: <laughs> the learning will come. Um, and each child, of course, has like you know a different maturity level or a different rate at which they learn those things so if you can just foster that connection first and foremost and then speaking to myself like letting go of the performance because now I'm the teacher now it's on me like and so here's my a plus mindset still like I have to be the best homeschool teacher and I have to teach her all the things and she needs to be so smart in math and and reading and writing and it's like well no maybe she wants to go the social science route like she loves reading autobiographies and like everything history. And that's not me at all. So it's just, again, she's teaching me so much (laughs) about learning and homeschooling and all that stuff.
1: Oh, that's motherhood, right? Like being able to learn from our children and being able to just allow their actions and behaviors and um, their own little personalities mirror for us in terms of how we're seeing ourselves and it's it's super yep. cool that you've opened yourself up enough to allow that mirror to even be there because I think it could be really easy to just be stubborn and almost put not only your teacher hat but also just your authority hat like I'm the mom therefore I like there's that hierarchy there and there doesn't need to be and maybe when we kind of remove that again it makes room for connection yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You make a good point too. I feel like that so often happens with toddlers. Like toddlers teach us so much about life, you know, like to slow down and to not rush and not just to go from one thing to the next, but learn somewhere in between these things, like, you know, run your day and how cool it is that homeschooling kind of extends that. Because when you send your kid off to school, now that's done and you're not really having that mirror in front of you. Maybe So what a gift that is to. Mm, That's
1: another good point. Yeah. Like just in terms of your own personal discovery journey, I feel like so many of us birth, maybe not even birth, but just becoming a mom has been a catalyst to our own personal discovery. And if you just send your kid to school at say the age of five, you're almost like, cutting yourself short because now you're, now you're losing out on all that time with your child. And like, when we think about how many hours are spent in the school system and now not only is your child being a sponge to other people's values and intentions and beliefs, but now you also have lost your little mirror, (laughs) so Mm -hmm. to speak, and, and have almost like stalled your own growth. So that's actually a really cool perspective.
0: And we can also like touch on, you know, the healing a little bit that we get when we get to be childlike that I get to experience the Mm -hmm. more I lean into homeschooling and the more I lean into homeschooling in the right way, not the let's get the lesson done so I can move on to my work, but really prioritizing that, that learning environment where, where we have fun and it's fun. It's fun for me too. If I can remember to turn on my my childhood lens and join in on the fun and not just be the facilitator or the watcher, you know,
1: um, yeah. okay,
0: that is for my inner child.
1: That just got me so excited. Cause it, it made me think about like how you show up in your business. And I know a little bit about how you kind of time block your day. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious if you have any reflections on days when maybe you aren't putting on your, your play, connection hat in your homeschooling time block and how that might impact you and your business. Like oh. I imagine it impacts your creativity in your business and your Absolutely. everything.
0: Yeah. Okay. So hold on this year, <laughs> this year, cause she's a little older, right? So like, I kind of have this goal that we are going to work on some of the academic things a little bit more. Right. And while still doing the fun stuff. And now I have my four-year-old who's technically in TK. And so you don't have to do TK. You don't even have to do kindergarten in in my state, right? But my advisor, because we do a charter homeschool, so it's a public school technically, but you run the show at home. And the benefit of that is you get funds to use towards um, approved things, curriculum, classes, dance class, field trips, etc. And that's like $2,000 $2,000 a student. So my advisor was like, because I told her, I was like, I don't think I want to do TK. I don't want to teach him yet. Like, I don't want to fill out the form to say what we've been learning. And she's like, is it worth $2,000 to you to fill out that form? And I was like, well, because the school also gets paid for every student that's enrolled. So there was kind of a, you know, benefit to them as well. And so I agreed to it. So now I'm entering, we just started homeschool two weeks ago. And I'm, I'm having slightly a panic attack because over summer, we didn't do any schoolwork. And I still felt so behind and like, I couldn't get all of it done. And I'm thinking ahead, like, how am I going to do this? How am I going to block my day? Right. So previously I, I had these blocks and I've totally changed my blocks. Okay. And so before it was, You know, I have my morning routine, we eat breakfast, we get dressed. And then from like nine or 10, if I'm being honest, 10 to noon was our homeschool time. Then we would have lunch, clean up lunch, and then we had nap time. And I had my youngest would nap. And so that nap time from like one to three was my work hour. So I could count on like two hours of work. Um, Well, now that feels not possible because well, these are probably some blocks that I'm putting up too. And I had that anxiety going in, but now I have another homeschooler. So I'm doing at least, you know, three lessons a week, which they're like 20 minutes and they're so cute and they're so fun. Um, and it was just messing with my blocks. And on top of that, my youngest dropped her nap. So there is no quiet time nap. We can still have quiet time. So like, how, how am I going to do this? So All I've been doing is focusing on the homeschool. We're just going to do my, I'm going to do my morning routine. I'm going to get my workout in and get the good breakfast in and have some time, get ready for the day. Then we're just going to homeschool. And whenever the homeschool is done as based on, you know, the children, when they're done with the learning, then I'll work. Um, And so sometimes that could be, we finish at lunch. And then I have some hours to spend. And then sometimes it's one hour and it's from four to five and it's right before I make dinner. But just like you said, when I'm rushing through that homeschool routine, one, like the whole time I'm doing homeschool, I'm thinking about what do I need to do for work? Like what is next after I get through this homeschool? And so the homeschool experience is not great. Um, And let's say we get done with that. And so now I'm heading into work and now what am I thinking about how that homeschool experience wasn't great <laughs> and I'm feeling bad. And, and like you said, the creative juices aren't flowing. And I'm thinking about like, well, what, what can I do to like apologize to my children for not being hundred percent present? Whereas the day that I didn't get to start my work till four, but I was fully present with the kids. My brain is 100% ready to be in business mode. And I got more done in that one hour than when I had three hours the previous day. It is crazy. And a little bit of that is mom guilt, but like mom guilt isn't necessarily always bad. Um, It's a really good gauge of kind of where your values are and to check in. Like when you're feeling those feelings, like, okay, check in. Like, yeah, you know, I don't want to be putting my kids in front of the TV for two hours while I do work or I don't want homeschool to feel rushed and like, it's not fun just so that I can hurry up and get to work. Um, like, I don't want it to feel like, check this off the list, check this off the list, check this off the list. Cause then what's that teaching my children about learning? Like if I'm not enjoying the homeschool, I can guarantee they're not enjoying the homeschool. So yeah, that's been, it's been really interesting to kind of go from more of this like rigid block schedule to this flow of priorities. Um, And then I also just had to kind of reevaluate what if I get to the end of the day and I don't do any work, like what's going to happen. And so I've like, why can't I, this is my, this was my new idea and I only did it one day last week, but it was wonderful when I did it because the whole day that I was home with the kids, I just was home with the kids. I wasn't a business mom. I was just a mom who stays home. And when my husband got home, I left for two hours. Like I was going to work. Um, and that felt really good because I do hold a lot of like resentment in terms of like, well, you get to go do your work while I watch the kids when do I get to go do work and have somebody watch my kids for me? And I'm not asking for all day. Like I'm not asking for a lot. And I do want to be home with my kids. It's not that like, I want to go to work full time and send them somewhere else. Um, but like, I need a little bit of that support. Cause we don't, I know, I don't have anyone here. We've tried babysitters and they keep, it's like the hardest thing to find a babysitter here. It's not so like, the price or they're college kids and then they get busy or they want to go work at Dutch brothers. Um, so it's been really hard to find support. And I'm like, I'm sorry, husband, like you're going to have to do some of the being home with the kids by yourself um, while I go to work. That's just what it's going to have to be. So that felt really good to leave and go do some work. And I got a lot done because I could focus. I wasn't being pulled in all these different directions. So we're going to keep that up and try that Um, different way, different kind of block schedule and way out of my comfort zone too, because it, it's like the family time, the time when you're home having dinner. Cause I missed dinner that night. I, I came home and they were done with dinner and they had done bath and um, you know, I still had some dinner left over there or something. I think I actually ate before. But there's a lot of like, okay, this is family time. And same with the weekends. I feel like that sometimes too. Like this is my family time. And I want to have that family time sometimes. Sometimes I want to do my work too, you know? So just kind of giving myself permission, like, okay, this is non-traditional. It is very non-traditional to be homeschooling and running a business. So we're going to have some non-traditional family times and business hours, you know, and just being okay with that.
1: Yeah. I think oh so much of that is just spot on especially when we're kind of having that conversation about how do you balance it all? And like the answer to that is you don't. Like you just have to be in this in this state of being okay with the flow and not getting too stuck on like these rigid timelines and these rigid structures. Um, And I think just hearing you kind of explain the experience of the last two weeks compared to how you were able to time block your day a little bit more structured last year, it just shows how... Like, you you literally have to be flexible. Like, and if you're not, something is going to suffer. So whether that's you not being present as a homeschool mom, and like you said, if you're not enjoying homeschooling, then they're not enjoying learning. So I know you, and I know you even started the conversation saying that you're doing all this because you wanted to homeschool. So that is one of your top values. So obviously, that needs to stay as a priority. And again, like we talked about being able to check in with yourself and kind of check in with how are my actions actually lining up with those priorities and using that as a compass for your decisions like you're doing that you're literally doing that right now and that's awesome right you've you've prioritized what you've already identified as a top priority and then the coolest part of all of that is you've you've kind of proven to yourself that when you do that you're able to show up in your business more efficiently and just in a better state of mind and as we know that that energetic frequency is magnetic to your audience. And like, it's all just going to have this really beautiful ripple effect. Um, Mm -hmm. I loved your distinction around mom guilt because I feel the same. I don't think it's this big negative thing that we constantly need to tell ourselves we shouldn't feel. I think it is an opportunity for, hmm, maybe I need to make some changes here. Mm -hmm. Um, The other thing that I was thinking as you were sharing all that is, just around um yeah like non-traditional family time because that's something I struggle with I feel like right now my work hours unless they're during the day when my my mom or stepdad can help help out it basically means it's pulling away from time with my husband and time as a family of three so whether that's like right now on the weekend or mm-hmm. in the evenings and I think for me the way I've kind of, been able to find that middle ground is actually, I don't know, <laughs> because it changes. And I, th- I think that's <laughs> yes, the answer is that yes. don't set anything in stone. And maybe as you're launching something, you're going to want to spend more hours on your business. And maybe that means you are, quote unquote, working weekend mornings and you miss whatever you miss. And maybe that means you're working later into the evening than you usually would. But like, it's just temporary. And and I really lean into the cycles within my business. And just knowing that I'm not going to be in that like, really, like, harsh hustle mode for a long time. Like, that's just like moments in my business and leaning into when I actually want to be in hustle mode. And then removing the pressure of when I'm not feeling it, like if I'm not feeling it, well, then I can just go enjoy family time. So not, again, it just goes back to being flexible and not actually having this really rigid structure.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it, it should be really freeing to see that there are all these different ways that we can make it work. And again, it's a reminder because it's like when one thing's working and then you know, the wrench gets thrown in the engine. And you're like, well, that's impossible. This is what I do. I have a very like all or nothing mindset. Well, that's not working now. Nothing's going to work. Well, we're done. It's just, I'm not, I'm not homeschooling anymore. <laughs> I'm not running a business anymore because that didn't work. And it's just, you know, an opportunity. Like when we pull back big picture to see like, oh yeah, that block schedule worked for a season. And now this, this is maybe going to work for a season too. And there's just, you know, endless possibilities too.
1: Yeah. To and find- again all the more reason that you can't just follow someone else's strategy oh. and framework right you have that's to make your own like if you've got something we both it. preach about right is you can't just follow whatever yeah. the new trend is oh how to get six figures in a month like no mm-hmm. <laughs> and that that actually brings us back to kind of just redefining success and you didn't use this word yet but like I feel like in the business industry, the goal is to be able to like scale your business. And the goal is to be able to have this like multi six figure, multiple team members, whatever that looks like. And as you've already said, like that might not actually be what you're going for. And if connection continues to be your priority, you're going to lose that connection if it's your team members doing everything and all your courses are now on evergreen and like, you don't actually get to talk to a single client. I learned that literally like my first, I I made like a passive little birth course. And I did that before I was even taking one-on-one clients and I did it. I'm like, this isn't fulfilling. I have people have signed that have signed up, but I literally don't know who they are. I've never talked to them. I don't know their story. I don't get to hear their birth story. It was so disconnected. And again, that was an opportunity for me to say, okay, this isn't what I want right now in my business. Obviously down the road when I'm looking for more passive income than maybe, and maybe when I actually have like steady one-on-one clients that I'm getting that connection fulfillment from, But to start with that, it was completely out of alignment with everything that I wanted my business to be, yet that's like basically what's preached in the coaching industry is okay, start with like a freebie and then have this like perfectly orchestrated email sequence that's going to feed people into this passive evergreen, whatever it is, and you never get to even know your client. That's not the goal. Not my goal, at least yeah yeah that's really interesting
0: that you brought up that example because my my course is technically on evergreen, right? Someone can enroll anytime. I do have a funnel. and uh when I first launched it, I did more well, like you know what live launching is, but I did more like okay, enrollment is open and you can enroll and I'm seeing Nicole and I'm seeing Lizzie and I'm seeing Michelle come in, right? And that. For my business, I was so much more connected. I was interacting more with my clients. I was getting more clients. And then we switched to kind of this evergreen, which is more manageable. But then it just felt like this. So this past year, I've been mostly on evergreen. And it's just kind of felt like, I don't know who's enrolling in my course. They get, you know, I have a group and they're in the group. Not a lot of people are asking questions because they're not feeling like they they didn't talk to me before enrolling in this course. And so they're seeing the course as, oh, I just enroll and I just watch the videos and then I go have my baby. And that's not what I ever wanted it to feel like. But this evergreen strategy that everyone's like work for an hour and make, you know, your money. Um It just, yeah, it, like you said, it wasn't it's not the business model that. I want. And I'm realizing that now. And I actually was, you know, when you like have your great ideas when you're laying in bed, I was like writing up all these things and how I'm gonna change the structure of my birth course to be something that I'm more excited about so that my my moms can be really excited about it.
1: Yeah. Mm, what a beautiful example of checking in, right? Like you're checking in and like, okay, hey, this isn't is actually in alignment with how I envisioned this to look like. And um, I think too, like there's, there's just so many different ways to go about it, right? You can absolutely still have an evergreen passive on Mm -hmm. demand, whatever you want to call it course. But like, I think you do this, right? You have like Q&A each week. And I don't know if that's like a different level for your academy moms or if everyone gets access Mm -hmm. to that. But like, there's things you can implement within your business structures that offer the space for that connection. And I didn't do that with my first and I wish I did, like, especially because I obviously wasn't scaled to a big degree where I couldn't manage the people coming in. Right. So when you're small enough, you still have space for that. And I think, yeah, I don't know. Like it, it's just, it's one of those things that, again, it's not just like a one size fits all template and you really do need to make sure it fits in with your life. And on the flip side, I'll share this because my podcast is where I process things out loud. It's my safe space to reflect. Um, Mm -hmm. So, I mean, as you know, I have recalibrate right now, which is like my six month mastermind. So we meet weekly. So that's roughly like and the calls have kind of morphed into an hour and a half. So that's an hour and a half of my time each week, and I absolutely love it. Like I Mm -hmm. walk away from those calls so energized like and that's the other thing is really starting to pay attention what aspects of your business give you energy versus which aspects deplete you podcast editing that depletes me showing up live to a call that energizes me so um knowing that like that aspect of of that part of my business doesn't deplete me I have no problem carving out that time in my week Now I also have Reclaim and that is more of a bi-weekly call schedule, but there's a Voxer chat component. Recalibrate also has the Voxer chat component, but now I have these two things and I've never had two things at once that are so similar but different. And the overlap is kind of messing with me. Like I'm having a really hard time knowing who and where to pour my energy. And Mm -hmm. again, this is just a really good example of an opportunity okay like obviously I'm not changing how I'm doing it right now but for future offer creation I know that maybe I don't want to have two different Voxer chats going at the same time and if I do then I'd want it to be like Um, one-on-one it's just like again it's all about trial and lesson and I always say like action brings clarity and you have to take action you have to try things out to know what works and all of this to say like it's also seasonal and what's working right now might be completely different in six months because maybe Aubrey's going to actually sleep through the night and maybe like, right. There's so many things in my life that are still so unpredictable that I can't like, I don't know. And my mind really likes to make decisions from like a place of thinking they're permanent and that, that can Like really slow me down sometimes because I'm almost indecisive because I put so much weight on thinking they're permanent. So that's something I've had Mm -hmm. to really lean into. Is one like I have permission to change my mind, and two, um, just like show up messy because you're gonna change your mind the next day anyways.
0: Yeah, Yeah. I can really relate to that. That was that I I had had some coaching I was doing for other doulas, and I felt the same way. It was. I love both of those offers, but I can't give to both the way that I want to right now, right now with you know a two-year-old and a four-year-old
1: and a 10-year-old. So yeah, I can totally relate to exactly what you just said. And then throw in like the podcast and Instagram. It's like, okay, now there's all these moving parts and like, I absolutely love it. Don't get me wrong. Like I do love it, but it's just, it's almost like with each new offer or with each new layer I add to my business, whether it's the podcast, whether it was a new offer, whether it's a new like one-on-one client, like it's just like you're adding more ingredients to the soup and now you need to just be extra careful about, okay, forget the soup analogy. I can't, I can't finish it with like a witty, (laughs) witty comment, but Like it's just, it it becomes more and more complex. And I think it just really shows how important it is to really be in tune with the direction you're trying to go and and creating your business in alignment with your values. Because yeah, it could be really easy for me right now to basically throw the whole stay at home mom time with Aubrey gig out the window and just be like, I'm going to throw, I'm going to put her in daycare so that I have all the time in the world to do all these things I want to do. and. I keep having to check myself and be like, no, that's not what I actually, like, that's not what I want. I actually want to spend time with my kid and I want to be her main caregiver. So yeah. I, mm. I have that
0: problem too. And I always say like, I'm too ambitious for my own
1: britches. Like,
0: you know, yeah, <laughs> A plus yeah, like mentality. Yeah. It's like, okay, hold on. Check yourself, Lizzie. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Mm, so it's funny because it's true, right? Like it's <laughs> yeah. It's funny because it's true. I'm curious how you have I guess kind of what your thought process is or what your mantra is as you're creating, how do you not constantly show up in that like perfectionist mindset? Cause as as like an overachiever A plus student, like that's something I guess I I have my own answer to this, so I'm curious what your answer is, and how do you kind of give your permission, your yourself the permission slip to show up messy.
0: I if I don't give myself that permission, I don't show up. You yeah. know what I mean? Yes, yeah. and that's me too. I that's exactly me it. too. And yeah. so I, just, <laughs> it's like it, it's like a gut check. Like, do you want to do this? Oh, I yeah. do want to do this. So then, let's do it. Let's do yeah. it the way that it's happening and just do it. You are doing it. You're doing it already. Like just keep chugging along. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I still always go through periods of where it's like, okay, this is really overwhelming. Uh, and like, I don't do a podcast episode for two weeks and I don't do anything on social media for, you know, I don't like making content on social media because I'm too busy focusing on and it, I have to be okay with that and know that that's not a failure and that's just the ebb and flow of this this venture that we're on where we stay at home and we run businesses and we run a home and we try not to ignore our husbands and our dog, you know. So, yeah,
1: when it comes back to just like the cycles of it all, right? Like the ebb and flow is a cyclical pattern. And I know, like, I, I mean, we all know this. Like, look at the seasons of nature spring, summer, fall, winter. When we're in that like fall, winter sta- stage where we're like letting go, things are quieter, we're looking inwards, there's not a whole lot of like outwardly mm, like production, content creation, launches, whatever it looks like in our business we know that spring and summer come next. Like it's not, again, this kind of is about unlearning a lot of the like really traditional like bro marketing business strategy where we don't need to be on all the time. And in Mm -hmm. fact, like we can't be on all the time because we are female and we run on a 28-ish day cycle. Um, And so for me, that's given that's, that's a giant permission slip in itself for me is basically just, I don't need to be on all the time. And that there are seasons where it's more about like digesting or consuming, or maybe it's, I'm learning something new. And then there's going to be other seasons where I'm more in that creation mode. Mm -hmm. Um, and that goes like with motherhood too. And yeah, just, it all comes back to just that flexibility of not trying to micromanage and have this really rigid, predictable schedule. That's right. the first lesson I learned when I became a mom is to throw that schedule out the window.
0: No joke. Um, I was going to say something when we were talking about the cycling. Oh my gosh. What was I going to say? There was two things I was going to say. I remember the second one. What was I going to say for the first one? Oh, I love, okay. So when I have like my, my, my break week, whether I'm choosing that or not, sometimes it feels like I don't choose it. Right where things are really slow and maybe I'm fine. Some weeks I'm fine with it. Like this is my break week. Cool. I'm going to focus on just relaxing, hanging out with my family, cleaning the house, whatever. Sometimes I'm like, oh man, I should be doing this. I haven't done this. And then like, then the thoughts of like, well, my business is over. (laughs) I've Lost my momentum. And then I'll get like a sale when I haven't shown up for like a week. And it's just like such a good reminder that it's like, Oh, I can take that break and everything will be fine. (laughs) And then the other thing I was going to say, sometimes what happens to me is I'm so okay with taking that break that I forget to like turn it back on. Have you ever done that? Where, and I just think it's, it's just that we just have so much. Like there is just so much that sometimes for me, taking that break feels so good that I have, I, it's like, I, I don't know, it just feels really hard sometimes to like get back on that wagon. Yeah.
1: Like when you've lost momentum, but you yes. happily lost momentum. And I think something I've been leaning into is just really finding that like balance between like the masculine and feminine energies within my business. And that's been really hard because I've gone from like one extreme, like one pendulum swing to the other side And it's been a very harsh swing. And so for me, it's like, how do I actually come back to center and recognizing that that center is going to change each month, each month. That's probably been my biggest lesson is that center is going to change each month. So as soon as I think I figured it out, it's going to be different the next cycle. Um, But this idea of like masculine hold and feminine flow and knowing that like I need some masculine structures to kind of create that literally like physical container. And then that gives my feminine essence, the opportunity, I guess, the freedom to be creative and be flexible and be open to receiving and be okay with just being, not doing. And I don't even know if any of that makes sense. Um, In my mind, I have kind of like this visualization of like water in a box. And if you don't have that box... Your, yeah. the water is just gonna flow and like leak everywhere and that's not supportive for anyone. but yeah. when you have this box, then the water, the creativity, the feminine essence can be contained and actually be useful. and yeah, I don't know. I'm still trying to figure out how to actually yeah. embody that in my business yeah. though
0: same. I like that. I like that visual though I was visual I wasn't visualizing water, which doesn't make sense because we were talking about flow, but I was envisioning envisioning this ball. Um, and, and putting, you know, having that masculine structure and letting that ball bounce freely.
1: Mm, that's it. good too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And yeah. so still having that movement and that freedom to, to flow and, but having that, that, you know, masculine um, barrier. So I, I guess that's what it is. Sometimes I lean too far into the feminine and I'm like, well, if it doesn't feel right, like, why should I, but we do, we do need a balance, you know, we of, do. We still yeah. need some masculine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in our lives. Yeah, absolutely.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Mm, I love all that. Like this. Oh, we just went in so many directions and I knew we would. Is there anything (laughs) else that you want to spit out? Anything else on your heart before we say goodbye?
0: I don't think so. I love this whole chat. I Mm -hmm. I feel like I don't have these feminine, masculine, cycle syncing business motherhood conversations enough. So this was really nice. (laughs)
1: Yeah. No, and like it kind of all circles back to the beginning of the conversation around just cultivating and handpicking your community and putting yourself in 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 circles with people that speak this language. So, I appreciate you because you do speak this language with me. So, I've definitely enjoyed this conversation. And like I said, I've looked up to your account a lot just in the sense of being I don't multi multifaceted doesn't seem like the right word, but just not um i don't know i don't l- ludio end of ludio is. i don't have words <laughs> i don't know but yeah um it, it's just really cool the fact that in this hour however long it was we went into birth we went into business we went into homeschooling we went into sort of our menstrual cycles we went into masculine and feminine flows and structures and contain like we we touched on it all i we love did. It. and the we dogs did. didn't have a bark fest so that's a win
0: <laughs> like your dream. I think that was off camera or off recording. <laughs> I think it was too, but yeah. So funny. <laughs>
1: um I love it. Um I'm trying to think, is there what do you have going on in your corner of the internet right now for those that aren't already following you?
0: I have so there's my podcast, which I am yep. on a break from right now because I was just working so hard on coaching my birth workers, right? Um but right now were, you know, all as as always. My course on medicated academy for moms who want an unmedicated birth. Specifically, how to do that in the hospital, and that's what you get primarily on my page. My forward facing, but then in the stories you get like these conversations a little bit happening uh, because I do love talking about all all of these things. So those are the two best places to come hang out with me.
1: Amazing, I love it. And you have recently started ambitious birth. worker worker. that's a year-long mentorship right yes
0: I I this was my first cohort of this group and the second cohort whenever that is I don't have a date for that yet it's going to be a lot different so Mm -hmm. I learned a lot so I don't want to say anything about the next iteration of that because I don't know exactly what it will look like. But I do love, fair enough. I love working with, with, with the birth workers in there. I just feel like I have. It, we touched on this. There's so many ideas that I personally can't go grab right now and implement. So I'm loving handing these ideas off and other women run with, I mean, it's their idea, but I'm just giving them some of the creative juices, um, and how to kind of launch off with that. And so that's been really fun. And those conversations, like you said, the, the calls, like when you're done with your call, you feel so good. So I just have to refocus on some balance there because just like you with the two offers going at once, it was very challenging. And that was over summer when I it wasn't homeschooling. So we're going to put a pin in that. I'm just going to continue to yep. pour into my, the women that are in there
1: now. Yep. You'll hear. Mm, it's again, it's just so cool because you don't hear this side of entrepreneurship, right? You only ever hear about the success stories and not to say that like any of our experience isn't successful. It a hundred percent is successful because we're learning from it, but it it's just this beautiful example of, the behind the scenes reflections that kind of go on with offer creation after you've launched, after you've actually started a live container. And yeah, just like you said, there's likely going to be a second cohort, but that's going to be a completely different iteration of it. And um, I feel the same with recalibrate. Like I definitely want to do something similar again, but it likely will be a little bit different. And the only way to get to that second iteration is to do it the first time. So Again, I'll finish with action brings clarity. Just go do the thing. Okay, before you go, I just wanted to say thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode. If you were thinking of anyone while listening, please send it their way. And if anything resonated with you or you love these conversations, please subscribe and leave a review. This really helps the podcast algorithms um, put my show in front of more people just like you. And the last thing, I would love nothing more than hearing from you. So say hi, DM me on Instagram, and give me a follow at Nicole Pasvere. Until next time.